Please join with me in the responsive call to worship that you'll find in your bulletins. Here in this stunning space, on this beautiful day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice. Let us be glad. As we gather to worship together this morning, we see God's image made manifest in the sun that shines in the sky, the art that hangs from the walls, and the smiles that paint our neighbors' faces. It is a gift of faith that through all things we see the mark of God's loving devotion to us. As the heavens declare the glory of God, let us do so now. Let us pray. Loving God, thank you for bringing us together in this beautiful and peaceful sanctuary. God of love, as you have called us to be a part of your caring church family, we thank you for the opportunities that you give us daily to grow in understanding and concern for ourselves and for one another. Remind us to be loving, compassionate, and gentle towards one another and ourselves. Remind us that we must be responsible to and for each other. That is the most loving act we can perform. They say you only live once. Remind us, God, that we actually live many times with every waking hour bringing us a chance of perfect moments and new opportunities. Opportunities to keep our hearts young and to not spend too much time looking back or into the future, but to look around us now. And although we are growing older, let us not forget that each time we laugh, we grow younger. For any problem we face that we think can never be solved, let us remember, God, that you are our refuge and strength, a very present help in our times of trouble. May you inspire us to take our greatest problem or struggle and make it our life's message. Remind us to see our suffering in the framework of all human suffering, to accept the gifts of life with thanks and endure life's indignities with dignity. So God, make your path clear and bright so that we may walk like Christ in grace and love. In the mornings, let us wake to golden rays. In the evenings, let us watch the moon sweep across the stars. And let us pray for your loving spirit to envelop us now in worship, praying earnestly as your Christ taught us, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. Again, um, and uh, it, it's you know, Jeff. Jeff, first of all, thank you so much for uh, for leading us off and for that beautiful um, prayer of invocation. Um, and um, and it's interesting when you were saying you know the, this beautiful day, and it's like, well, it's gray now, but you know, it it is a beautiful day. It is beautiful. All of it: the sun, the rain, the warmth, the cold. Um, and most of all, just being together here, um, being with you um, in times of celebration and for support, every bit of it. So, it is a good morning, and welcome. Welcome to our members, our guests, um, our new members who joined us last week um, and who are here for the first Sunday, you know, the whole Sunday as a whole new member. So, that is terrific. And, um, and our visitors and the people live streaming both today and throughout the week, um, it's all good to be here. Um, let me just take, um, invite you to take a moment. Um, we have friendship registers at the inside and the outside aisles of our pews. And if you just wanna take that and jot your name, if you're a visitor, um, please um, just jot your email address and your regular address. And we'd love to reach out to you and keep you informed um, and keep you in the loop. Um, and so this is, um, has been and continues to be a very, very big weekend, a once in a year weekend for our church with Rooms with a View, our annual fundraiser that helps us to uh, allow and maximize our, our ministry, our missions, our outreach to those in need. Um, we had our gala um, Thursday night, and then Friday night was a wonderful gathering of people in the industry, and there's been speakers, you know, on Friday and Saturday, and demonstrations and workshops and all of that. Um, so you would, I invite you to check out the website, which is absolutely fantastic, at roomswithaview.org. Um, and we still have a day today um, of, uh, of a wonderful show. After church today, um, you are all welcome to the show. So just come on in, and that is complimentary, free of charge. Um, and so please do so, and um, you can start off with a cup of coffee at the chapel, which is also the Hadley Cafe for the weekend. We know it as a chapel all other 51 weekends of the year, and now it's the Hadley Cafe. Um, it's designed by Rosine Schlele, who is here, who's a church member. It was actually designed three times over the weekend um, by, by Rosine and, and her crew. And um, it was, it's also been designed um, many, many, for many, many years um, by Christian Arcala Lever, another church member. Um, so 
our coffee hour, our time is in there. Get a complimentary, complimentary cup of coffee. And then um, there is lunch and goodies um, all for sale there. And of course, all the proceeds go to support Rooms of the View, which supports the ministry and mission outreach. Um, and I, I do want to thank for the online auction, I want to thank um, everyone who donated um, all of those wonderful things. So you want to check out that. Um, that is still going on. That's online. Um, and uh, so many items donated by our designers. And um, we look forward to, in the midst of all this, um, Julianne's message on spirituality and art. Um, and it all does fit in beautifully, the spirituality part, the art, the design. Um, the, you know, one of the things that when Albert Hadley was alive, like, you know, Laura and I and Albert, we would talk and we would say, you know, you do a certain kind of interior design. We also work with interior design. We work with a designing, we do, we're the interior design of our lives, of our heart and our souls. And it's so beautiful when it all comes together. Um, so with that, I, I also just want to thank, um, we have more, you know, thanks and recognition and everything to come, but I do want to take this time to thank um, Barbara Selleck, who is our honorary chair. Um, she's also our, our, our honorary and working chair of this, um, and she has done, um, as Laura said, so much networking <clears throat> and, and working on this, um, as well as Albert Hadley ever did, which is a, a that's a very high bar. Um, so thank you to her, and also to thinking of spirituality and art, um, Adrian Kunzelman um, from uh, ARC, uh, who is the curator, pulling together all the beautiful art for the show. So when you, you know, when you go through, and I know Adrian, I don't know if she's here this morning in church, um, but she will be here um, today. And so you know, go and, and, and meet her and thank her for everything that she has done too, um, and then her the art is also for sale, so, um, so check that out as well. Um, so I'm gonna shift from that to, um, to other things that help us uh, give and serve, and that is Thanksgiving baskets. They are complete. You have um, contributed and donated and everything. We have all the, um, all the items for the baskets, so please deliver the items to the office by this coming Friday, February 8, uh, November 18th. And um, that will be terrific. And then also check out our Advent workshop that is coming up a few weeks away, December 4th. December is right around the corner. Check out the details in the bulletin so you can get ready. And then at this time, I want to invite Laura, um, who has some words to share um, in terms of celebrating Rooms of the View. You're welcome, Laura. <laughs> It's so good to see you this morning. It's good to see you too. <laughs> it's kind of true in a sad sort of way. So this is a time in which we like to just take a moment in true gratitude for, um, for Rooms of the View uh, and all that it gives and all that it does and all those who make it happen. Uh, having run that show for decades, it is a lot of work to put together. It requires... Um, an 11-month commitment. Usually we get December off and start again in January, planning for the next year. It's, it's a huge commitment for everyone who, who uh, works on it. And as Paul said, Adrian Konzelman, uh, Barbara Selleck, our honorary chair, but really the, the, the guts and the, the real get down to it work is done by 
Um, one man who a number of years ago said, I could do this job instead of you, Laura, so you can do ministry. And we all went, yes, thank you, Lord. So he hates this. Yeah, and I, we all are going to recognize that he is going to be so uncomfortable for the next few minutes. But Christopher Phillip, please come forward for just a moment. I do, I do. <laughs> Chris is saying all sorts of not nice things to be saying in a sanctuary. But every detail of this show, and I mean every detail, is curated by Christopher. Uh, and if you were here throughout the weekend, there were six free presentations which were absolutely stunning and the last one a little crazy and fun to be here for um, every designer, every vignette, every nail in every vignette, every, every detail is, is done by Chris. And um, there's also another group that works with art and design all year long. They are unsung uh, artists, and they are the Beatitude Quilters. And uh, so I'm just gonna ask Karen McDonald to step forward. Karen. Um, uh, Bridget Shulton and I had this idea 25 years ago. We called Karen, who we knew was an extraordinary quilter. She jumped on board. Bridget and I then ditched. We left it all in Karen's hands. And throughout the years, they have created gorgeous quilts for all sorts of different charities and things. But one that they always did was a big quilt that we would auction off at Rooms of the View. Um, this year, however, they made a quilt for you. As, as the executive director of, of um, the Rims of the View. There's so only two of us in the group now, so it got yes. a little bit So if you're a quilter, <laughs> come join. And working off Hold of those colors, as, as you would. Um, this was a lovely mini runner wow. that we wanted to offer you. And this is hours of hand work and to match your hours of, of work. And so honestly, on behalf of all of us, this fundraiser covers about 10, at least 10% 10 of our, our budget. So we would not be the church that we are. Thank you. I can't even finish <laughs> without you. All right, thank, thank you. you. All right, so now I'd like the children to come on down, and we are going to have a little different children's sermon, and um, this is going to require all of you adults to use your imaginations, and I want you to be with us, but I'm, I can't take too much time, so you'll understand in a moment, so kick those imaginations into, into uh, action over there. All right, have any of you this morning been in any other part of the church than the sanctuary? What'd you see, Michaela? Uh, I saw some paintings. You saw a number of paintings. What did you see? A lot of props and designs in little rooms. What did you see? A bunch of rooms with some furniture and things. So today, this weekend, we are celebrating art. 
Art comes in all sorts of styles. I like to think of what Rooms with a View is, is living art. That they are putting together, our designers are putting together rooms that you could live in, right? And each piece is beautifully chosen and comes together gorgeously. What other kinds of art are there in the world? We mentioned paintings. What else? What other kinds of art is there? Drawing, sculpting, Drawing. Uh, 3D printing. Drawing, sculpting, 3D printing. Theater, theater real living art, right? What, what, um, so there's theater, and then there's also what other kind of theater that's art? Um, performing art. Performing art, the kind you like to do. Dancing. Singing, right? Flowers. Flowers, that's a great art. There's also an art of writing, right? And words. And so we have a friend here in church, church, long-term church member. She's sitting over there. She's going to raise her hand. You going see her? That's Mrs. Burton. She does her art through words. And, and books, reading, writing books. This is her newest children's book. I read this, it blew my mind. Then I had to read it out loud in the hallway during Rooms of the View for all to hear. And now I'm gonna read it for you, for you to hear. And this is where your imagination, I'm not gonna keep turning and showing you pictures because <laughs> I'm on a time limit here. So you're gonna imagine and then you can see this book later you guys are going to do the same thing. It is about two Canada goose, is geese, named Guthrie and Gretzky. Guthrie is actually the name of a little boy of whom part of this book was an inspiration. All right, here we go. You ready to hear about Guthrie and Gretzky? Every morning, Guthrie and Gretzky stood side by side on the dewy grass and pecked in the dirt for roots and leaves. Later, they wandered the beach where they nibbled on salty sea grasses, swaying in the bay, hunted in the shallows for algae, and even swallowed a few grainy pebbles. At playtime, they searched high and low for a feather until they found one. Time for their favorite part of the day, capture the floating feather. Great game. All the other geese gathered to play. Gretzky took off with the feather. Guthrie followed, leading the flock across the sky. Gretzky released the feather. It hovered as if swaying to a lullaby. Honk, honk, Guthrie sounded. The chase was on. Some days, Guthrie drove first and flew in a wide circle around the feather, blocking the other geese so that Gretzky could nab it. Mm, very smart. <laughs> Other days, Gretzky whipped the air into a frenzy, tossing the feather around until Guthrie could fly in from below and grab it. None of the other geese ever thought to team up, but Guthrie and Gretzky always did. Guthrie and Gretzky were wingmen. <laughs> I love that and best friends, I'm thinking. Until one terrible night when a mean fox crept into their nest, the fox hooked his claw into Guthrie's left wing. Guthrie gasped, 
Gretzky charged, wings spread, eyes bulging, honking wildly. The fox fled back into the darkness. Mm. The next morning, Guthrie and Gretzky stood side by side on the grass and pecked for food. Later, they wandered the beach, Guthrie's mangled wing leaving a line in its wake. I will show you this one. Follow at playtime, Guthrie and Gretzky stared at Guthrie's broken wing. Its feathers drooped and sagged. Billy will never have to look for a feather again, said Guthrie. Ever so gingerly, he freed one of his dangling feathers and offered it to Gretzky. Gretzky stared at the feather. Are you sure, he asked. Guthrie nodded. But I don't want to leave you, Gretzky said. I know, said Guthrie, but you need to fly to keep your wings strong, and I can have fun cheering you on. Gretzky bowed his long black neck and patted to the other geese. After a pause, he took off with the feather. The gaggle followed, and he released it. Hour after hour, day after day, Guthrie stood on the beach watching them play. And he was happy, most of the time. Sometime his neck felt sore from craning back to stare high into the sky, so he decided to pass the time counting grains of sand. One, two, three, 207, 208, 209. Then one day, two geese grabbed the feather at once, and it snapped. The feather tumbled to the beach. Gretzky followed it down. He stood behind Guthrie and heard him counting, 622, 623, 624. As Gretzky listened, he thought about his friend counting grains of sand day after day, alone. He realized he needed to come up with a new game. So he thought and he thought and he thought until he honked and flapped excitedly. The other geese raced to join him on the beach. There he seated them in a circle. Guthrie looked at him expectantly. You too, Gretzky told him. Guthrie hurried to a spot. Gretzky walked around the circle, tapping each one on the head. Duck, 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 goose. <laughs> that story, to me, is such an amazing piece of art because it took me through tons of emotions. At the beginning, I loved these two geese who were such good friends, which is a beautiful, artful thing when two people are best friends, right? And then the sadness, right? The broken wing, though they can't play together anymore. And then what did Mrs. Burton do to wrap that story up? How did she finish it artfully? They played Duck, Duck, Goose. And what a great ending. Did it surprise you? Yeah. It surprised me, too. That's what made me run around reading it all weekend to people. So today is a day in which I want you to think about the way your life is a piece of art. Your life is full of beautiful things, whether it's sitting, hugging your sister, which it makes a beautiful picture for all of them to see right now or whether it's the way you 
kick a soccer ball or the way you serve a tennis ball or the way you sing in a show or the way you do theater or the way you do anything. I want you to think about your life as a piece of art, of living art. All right, let's say a prayer together. Dear God, we thank you for bringing art into our lives and for making each of us your special piece of art. We ask that you help us to always make this world a more beautiful place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so because of Rooms with a View and because the chapel is full of beautiful art, you are all going to go with Sydney down to the youth room today for a special um, church school, all right? All right, have fun. Continue our service in the spirit of prayer. Just want to lift up a few people um, in prayer. Um, first of all, Dave Huntington um, for a healthy and full recovery following a carpal tunnel surgery he had last week. Um, and then Janet Reed uh, for, and her medical team for her eye surgery that she's having this coming Tuesday. Um, may we pray for God's healing and patience and perseverance and courage and calm to pervade her complete healing and recovery. 
Um, and we pray for those who are continuing their ongoing healing on chemotherapy treatments and recovery. And then we have some prayers of thanks and celebration. We have been praying for Irene Santa um, going through her surgery and her treatments. And Irene Santa is in her shy way, is raising her hand. This is her first Sunday back in church after many, 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 many Sundays. Yes. And that is the kind of cheering and love and strength and courage and prayers and everything that has been surrounding you and uplifting you. And may we continue in God's spirit, continue to, to be with you. So God bless you, Irene. Love it. Um, also, we give thanks for the birth of Theo Windsor Gesswine, um, who was born to Greg and Rohania um, Gesswine, and they're Martha and Dwight's that's Martha and Dwight's new grandson who was born. So um, that's, that's fantastic. And then also, um, we want to pray with thanksgiving for the continuing long, long life of Barbara Went, who turned 100 yesterday. And I uh, got to celebrate with her. Um, she had a little, you know, little party at home. So God bless you, Barbara. Um, and, uh, and that was her day. And then also prayers of loving gratitude and joy for all those who gave their time, their lives, um, including, you know, I was talking with, with Hetty this morning, who's been just running back and forth all weekend long in the, in the cafe, and they've got blisters and everything. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a gift of tremendous love and service um, for all of that. So for, for all those who've given themselves in love and kindness and so much hard work and so much creativity, um, in this beautiful uh, fundraiser. So let's just take a few moments in prayer. O oh God of your calming and healing and encouraging presence. We thank you for welcoming us again and again and again and helping us to settle down and helping us to remember what's most important and what to let go. And as we take this breath, and the next, your breath of life. May our minds calm and our bodies relax as we take this moment to be with you. You who are the essence and energy of life itself. You who are the energies of our bodies and our minds and our curiosities and our creativity and our excitement in life. You who make all things new and you who give us the creativity to help us solve problems of our lives and other people's lives because that's a gift, God. You give us the joy and the love and the warmth and the anticipation that we feel when we see someone we love. 
So we thank you for all of this, providing the sense of completeness and wholeness and joy that we feel when we help someone in need, helping to make your kingdom come. And that feels so good. So we thank you for all of that. We thank you for all of the added help that was provided through so many loving and living souls in such beautiful and creative ways this weekend in order to help the lives of so many people in need. So we thank you for your love and presence in all forms. Because the world needs you, God. We need you, God. And we need to be your hands. We need to be your voices, your heart. And we get to be your hands and your voices and your heart. And so we pray for your presence and your healing, not just to be out there in the world, but in here, in our hearts and souls, and among us now. In us, with us, through us, So may you continue to be with us, God, this week, as you are now. May you hold on to us as we hold on to you. As we pause to pray and to discern and to act and to try and try again. As your wonderful people that you have created and called good. May we be your light May we be your healers. May we be your words and your problem solvers. May we be your loving and active presence this way and every day, God. Your will be done through us in love and in your spirit, we pray.
God's will being done through us, through our hands, through our music, through our art, through our resources, through our giving, through our uplifting and inspiring and empowering. With the Spirit, our morning offering will now be shared by you and received and shared once again. Let's join together in our unison prayer of dedication. Loving God, 
We thank you for granting each of us the ability to make your kingdom of love alive and tangible for ourselves and for others. Receive these gifts as an expression of our love and faith, that they may grant new life and love to those in need, hope to those in pain, and freedom to us all. Amen. morning church. It is a joy to be with you all on this special Sunday which we have decided to call Arts and Spirituality Sunday, formerly known as Rooms with a View Sunday, sometimes known as Bloody Mary Sunday. Um, and whatever you celebrate, it's a joy to be with you. But the real joy for me has actually been in preparing for this Sunday because as those of you who have been here at church throughout this week know Rooms with a View is effervescent, it's bubbly, it's a little bit chaotic, and then it's all part of the creative process. And it's intoxicating, it's wild, it's beautiful and joyful, and it's thought-provoking. And it got me thinking, what is all of this about? Art, design, the countless hours spent that goes into creating something like this, what's it about? Why are we called? and compelled to create? Where does that spark come from? And then how in the world do we get from that inspiration to fruition? What power, what discipline spurs us onward from idea to something tangible, real, capable of being shared? And where is God in that creative process? To answer those questions, I typically turn to scripture. And so before you, in your bulletins, you have the very first verses of the Bible. Genesis 1, the biblical account of creation. Now, this is not a creation story that we need to take literally. The earth was probably not created in seven literal days. But it is a story that we can take truthfully, meaning that there's something true about nature, expression, and the creative process which is revealed in its lines. There's a very intentional structure to this story, and I want us to read it as a community very intentionally, like a meditation, something like Lectio Divina. So here's what we'll do. I will read the scripture, and just to make sure you're paying attention, I want you to read out loud each verse that is bolded in your bulletin. It tells us just how good God saw creation. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, very good. And God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, 
and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. God called the seas and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruits bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humanity in our own image after our own likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And then in a letter from the early church, we receive this affirmation that will guide our reading of this verse. And we'll say it all together. We love because God first loved us. May the Lord bless our understanding, our living, and our embodying of these words of eternal life. So how does this ancient, evolutionary incorrect, ultimately beautiful and poetic account of creation help answer the questions of creation? How do we see God acting? Well, first, Let's start from the beginning. We notice it takes a really long time. We just read that entire scripture and it took a while. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened out of darkness. In the beginning, we learned that God is not afraid of chaos. God's not afraid of emptiness. 
In the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and still, God was there. But then, something happened. One of the great theological quandaries of our time, something Martin Heidegger called the fundamental question of metaphysics, is why is there something rather than nothing? Why did something happen billion of years ago to create a chain of events in which you find yourself here, in this pew now? And as much as I wish that we could answer that question in 20 minutes today, I cannot, and you don't want me to. But what I can help answer is why and how some of these things have happened in the life of our community, in the hearts and minds and spirits of our neighbors and friends who occupy these pews. And so a few weeks ago, knowing that this church would be a center of arts and culture today, and knowing that our community is brimming with artists of all kinds, I put out a call for art, a call for conversation about art. And if this all goes well, we will be able to see, nope, not that one. Well, <laughs> so close. We'll be able to see. It's also found in your bulletin a number of different artists that you'll see. And so at some point, hopefully, or in your bulletin, you'll see the results of some of these conversations that we got to have. You'll see work by artists in our community. And even without telling the stories behind these works of art, I think you'll learn about these artists, about the beloved children of God that they are, because each one of them shares a little flash of wisdom, a flash of wisdom about why something happened instead of nothing for them, why they create and where they see God in their creative process. Flashes and moments which, when placed together on a wall in an exhibit, create a narrative, conduct a symphony, reveal God at work in many ways at once. So, for some, art comes like a strike of lightning. Take Perry Spate who sitting in a church on Sunday morning heard a word in a sermon that startled him, that awoke him and inspired him to write songs that we have heard in our church, such as the benediction response piece, songs that many of us know and love. That same kind of inspiration struck his friend and collaborator, the lyricist and poet Hank Greer, who wrote lyrics alongside Perry in many collaborations. Uh, through songs like A Window to My Soul and songs that redub classic tunes, like There's No One Like Elaine. <laughs> Inspiration also struck Melissa Ogunchui one day. Melissa is a painter whose abstract work seems to capture not only the likeness of its subject, but the aura, the energy, the presence. She's known to gift portraits that say, I see you. Not just how you present yourself to the world, but how your spirit presents itself. But beyond her painting, Melissa is a poet whom inspiration struck one day when she was very young on a train, where she penned a beautiful poem that, God called, that calls God the ultimate artist, the artist who breathed all of creation, you and me and everything. And she writes, the heart of creation beats the artist's name inspiration out of the blue on a Sunday morning or a train. And then there was light, something out of nothing. For others, art is a discipline, a promise, something with routine and structure, something which much like a prayer or meditation practice builds and holds the rhythms of life. Take Eleanor Biggs, for example. 
Eleanor writes a poem every single day, a love poem every day. And some days, when the wildness of the world or the many other projects she undertakes take over and she doesn't get to her poem, she writes it in the middle of the night. But you know what? She writes that poem. And you'll see her poem, Imagination, in the bulletin and behind me. And to me, it speaks to the faith at the center of the creative process, the willingness to be transported, to leave reality behind, and to expand vast horizons. We have to trust ourselves, trust our God, trust our imagination to do that. It's a supreme act of both faith and discipline like a prayer. And there's also our own Pam Poling, church secretary extraordinaire and somewhat how, who no one on the church can quite figure out how at the end of the long days she spends working, making this church run as smoothly as she does, finds the time to quilt. And not just quilt, but make her own dyes out of things that she scavenges or grows or saves from food waste. She grows indigo for blues, marigolds for yellows and greens. Woad, she finds avocado pits and makes dyes out of them, black walnuts, mulberries, and more. And she takes these ingredients from the earth and she combines them with fabrics that mean something to her. Communion cloths of those she loves, beloved old shirts. And she constructs beautiful quilts as gifts or as art or as statements of values she holds dearly where every detail matters. For example, the quilt in your bulletin can also be found in the church office, and I hope you'll go and see it. It's called Keep the Conversation Going, and it was inspired by the notion that we should construct longer tables rather than higher walls. The stitching, which Pam does contemplatively, prayerfully, careful to put the right energy into each stitch, is done by hand each night. And in this quilt, it shows circles expanding outward, overlapping, encountering one another, and multiplying like conversations at a table. It's about community, communion, the essence of our faith. For many, art also brings healing, hope in times when community is everything. Jeffrey Earls uses his art as ministry. He didn't discover he was an artist until just a few years ago. And then everything changed. His art, his sobriety, his faith, and his dedication to this community and to nonprofit leadership is all intertwined in works which use color to tell a story, and they're striking. Or Shannon Doyle, who began painting recently after her mother died. She hadn't picked a brush up since high school, and now art is helping her heal and grieve. A gift. Or Karen McDonald one of our regular Beatitude quilters who constructed the quilt Worry and Wait when her beloved Gino was in the hospital. Busy hands, prayerful, clear mind. For some, art is a career, a calling, so wrapped in, up in the fabric of their lives that it was hard to tell the story apart from the art. Take Anne Shaw, who taught high school art for years and who paints beautifully intimate portraits of a life through simple domestic scenes like this kitchen sink that transformed the audience. Or Enid Hatton, who in addition to being a medical artist and creating art that literally saved lives by being used as references in medical procedures, is also a fine artist 
She's been commissioned by the United States government, the Air Force, the Coast Guard to paint for the greater good. When Hurricane Katrina devastated communities in New Orleans, Enid was sent out with a mission to capture the scene of these communities and the work that was being done to reconstruct them. She has a painting in the Pentagon. And this is her calling in life, and she wants children to know that with discipline, it can be theirs too. And for so many, all of those, art is a celebration of life, of nature, of God's expression. Ginny Moffat thanks God each day for the glory she sees in life and in raindrops, and for the feeling of infinity we feel when looking at the ocean. Beth Santa thanks God for her children, the best part of her day, and beautiful poetry. And Bill Van Olefen, well, he shares that Jesus came to him and told him on his darkest day to go on, to continue. That even living with incredible chronic pain, the gift is life. He uses photography to show the gift that is every day, every scene, every particularity of God's vision. These are the stories of our church and our community, and they're not even all of them. There are so many more, so many more works of art that I know you have, that I know our community members have. So tell me, why is there something rather than nothing? There are so many ways to answer that question, but I think there's one very simple one, one that you all said six times when you read that ancient poetic scripture. Because it's good. It's good. It's good to be together. It's good to learn about each other. It is good to appreciate beauty. Looking around us, there's so much darkness so much chaos that it often resembles the first day of creation, but God is no stranger to that formlessness, to that lostness, and God did not leave the story there. God said, let us create, and God said, let us create something good, and the result is all around us, but more importantly, the result is in us. As that scripture tells us, God said, let us create humanity in our own image. You'll notice our own image. This is a God that uses we pronouns in God's self-declarations because it is a God who is not singular, who is not found in one character, one type of person, but a God who is multitudinous and multiple. We're not all the same. We don't look the same, we don't feel the same way, we don't experience the world the same way or express ourselves in the same mediums. But we, all of us, are made in the image of God. We, all of us, are works of art through which God is expressing God's self. And so we, all of us, can learn about God not just through the traditional routes, scripture, church, these things we love and honor in our tradition, but through each other, through seeing each one of our neighbors as an expression of the divine that they are. You don't have to be an artist to express this kind of divinity. If we're made in the image of God, if we are made good by virtue of who we are and not what we do, then our lives are our highest art. And sharing them beautifully, vulnerably, that's our ministry. By sharing our lives, we share God with one another. And so, 
If there's any takeaway from this wildly beautiful weekend, it's that one good way of showing God's love is through art. It's that we create because we are created. We are creative because we are created in God's image, and that is our inheritance. And God has looked upon us, each one of us, all of creation, all of nature, and said, it is good. You are good. And it's good to be here with all of you. Amen. of sound. When God created us in God's own image, God said, be fruitful and multiply. And I think that today that means a lot of things. We can be fruitful and multiply through the work that we do, through the smiles and warmth that we exchange, through the love that we share. We can multiply God's love. And so as we leave this church today, and hopefully make our way to the Hadley, and hopefully make our way to all of the exhibitions. May we multiply that love. May we multiply God's image by sharing our stories, by sharing our art, and by sharing our art of living. And doing all this, may we be blessed. And may God bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.